God. I'm glad you guys were able to tune in. If you like FCC, click like and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook. And I want to challenge you to uh, send this to somebody. Also, this is fertile ground here. Consider planting a seed. Visit us at uh, our Facebook page, FCC. God bless. When we begin to testify, when we begin to worship, we got to think about what he's done for us. Not only that, but what he is going to do and what he is currently doing in our lives. He, may, he allowed you to wake up this morning because there's a plan and purpose for you. Not just so you can enjoy this world, because this world, you're going to have troubles. Probably already experiencing some. But this is what scripture says, be of good cheer, be happy. Not that you're in trouble, but that you have a hope and a future. And that God, Jesus Christ, has overcome the world. Amen? So whatever your problem, situation, sickness, or disease, he's already overcome it. We just got to go to him. He's the doctor. He's the lender, the banker, the healer, the protector, the bouncer, the bodyguard, the attorney. Give him a hand clap of praise this morning because he's working on your behalf. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Shout praise the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. And just stand for just a moment longer for the reading of God's word, and we'll get into this message. I'm excited about what the Lord has given me. And this is what I want you to realize. With God, everything is possible for one who believes. Everything is possible. And this, this is found in Matthew 14. It, um, I'm at verse 22. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he dismissed, the, the, after he dismissed them, he went to the mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch, this is between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. See, sometimes your prayer closet isn't a closet, but it's a time. You may not have space or, or room in your home because every nook and cranny is full. But your prayer closet might be a prayer time. And Jesus went away. He fasted and prayed. We see that he went to a solitary place often. He went to the mountainside to pray, and that's where he was uh, between the hours of 3 and 6 a.m. He finished praying during that fourth watch of the night. Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. I love this. I have a note in my Bible. Go, Peter. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on water, and came towards Jesus. Here's a warning for all of us, verse 30. But when he saw the winds... He was afraid and began sinking and cried out, Lord, safely. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Then they both climbed into the boat, 
the wind died down. Then those who were on the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, I pray that the truth of this message would penetrate our minds and hearts. Father God, that anything that we're facing today would become just a mere shadow in the light of who you are in us. Be with us, Holy Spirit. We invite you in. Have your way in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, the saints of God said, Amen. God bless you as you're seated this morning. Praise God. You know, we often hear or hear stories or things are mentioned. Only one person ever walked on water, and that was Jesus Christ. Yeah, successfully. But two people actually walked. Peter walked on water for a little bit. We got to get him some credit. I like Peter in the Bible because it reminds me a lot of myself. Peter wasn't the most articulate person. He was kind of brash. Ear chopping off Peter. Putting his foot in his mouth, Peter. Peter telling people how it is. Peter getting rebuked by Paul because, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't walking right sometimes. But Peter loved God. And God changed his name to Peter and said, On this rock I will build my church. It was Peter who was bold enough to preach on the day of Pentecost and bring 3,000 people to know Jesus. And Peter was gutsy enough to say, Jesus, if that's you walking on the lake, tell me to come and I'm going to come out to you. And Jesus was like, all right, come. God doesn't want his blessings just, just for him. If you have faith enough to call on the Lord, he'll bid you come. And as long as Peter kept his eyes on Christ, he was able to walk. It said he was walking towards God. But then he got distracted. See, that, think of your Christian walk today. Some days, some hours, maybe a week, you, you, you got it tight. You're walking good. You're thinking, yes, I'm going to go and clear out the ER room. I'm going to go clear out the, the old folks' home. I'm going to pray for everybody and heal them all. You, for that five minutes, you are walking straight. And then the distractions of life come. You look at the wind and the waves. You get distracted. You look at these things. You, you take your eyes off God. See, you were on the right path. and You felt that confidence for a reason. That, that's, that wasn't fake. That was, that was the Lord. But Satan is sure to come in and send the winds and waves to knock you down. But see, we can't stop when the wind and the waves come. We can't let that affect us. We just realize that we might need an umbrella. We might need to cover up a little bit, but we still need to keep stepping. Amen? Because that's his job. Satan's job, okay, so I'm thinking football right now, offense and defense. I'm trying to score. He's trying to stop me. I know the rules of the game. That's out of bounds. I can't go over there, but the goal is heaven, and that's the field goal post, and that's where heaven is. That's where I got to go. He's trying to stop you. He's doing him. You got to do you. But the thing is, you got to stay in the boundaries. Your teammates are your linemen and your, your people trying to help you get to that place. Your pastor is the quarterback trying to get you the ball so you can run in and, and score. Satan is back there calling defensive plays trying to stop you with his demons and, and, and evil spirits and fallen angels trying to trip you up. And they play dirty. They don't play by the rules. They hit you below the belt. They're going to they're gonna do things and they're going to face mask and they're going to play dirty to try to take you out of the game. They don't want to stop you. Oh, they got a punt. No, he's trying to take you out the game. But if you know that going into it, 
See, some people preach salvation is all peaches and cream and roses, but that's not it. It's a battle. It's a fight. But here's the thing. If you stay faithful, you'll win the fight. Because whether you personally ran it all the way in, when the time ends and you're still on the field, you won. Satan didn't take you out. You kept the faith. You ran the race with perseverance that was marked out for you. Praise God. And this is what he says. Uh, why, you of little faith, why did you doubt me? Why did you doubt? You were doing it. You had it. Why did you doubt? Why you kept your faith on me, you were successful. Then you doubted and you were unsuccessful. And this is what I want to try to get across today, that God loves his people more than a parent loves its own children. And God is a relational God. He's also a covenantal God, meaning he's a deal-making God. But he's going to hold you to the deal. That's why I'm a little nervous to make deals with God. You know how some people, Lord, if you do this, I'm going to do that. He'll be like, bet, let's do it. Right? I'm a little nervous of doing that sort of stuff because when the Israelites made deals with God and they broke it, he came down hard. Now, that's just me being a little wimpy. Some of you might be bold and brash, like, Lord, give it all to me and I'm going to do it. I'm not quite there yet. But what I did say is, Lord, if you can use any, anything, now, I'll be honest, and this is kind of funny because I'm a simple man. I said, Lord, if you can use a donkey to talk to somebody, I guess so. I'll answer the call. You can use me. That's it. I was just willing. Nothing else. If he could use a donkey, all right, sign me up. Because in my weakness, he's made strong. I don't pretend to have this all figured out. But what I do know is I know the one who does. And my reliance is on him. It's not on myself. And what I give you today is what I feel that he gave me. And if we did nothing more than just read the scriptures, we've been blessed. Praise God. This is what I know to be true. If you have faith and you don't doubt and you keep your eyes on Christ, things are going to go well. They're going to be better than what they are today. You might come against some storms, however, and when you come out on the other side, oh, come on, somebody. With Jesus, you can come out on the other side successful of your situation, your sickness, your depression, your addiction, your disease, whatever it is. With Jesus, you see, when he got in the boat, the winds automatically calmed down. Why? Because they had to recognize who he was. Here I am, wind. When he stepped onto the scene, things changed. People started walking on water. That's not natural, but they did it. When he stepped in the boat, the winds calmed down. And we read in the next chapter, they're in the next village. It, it, it picks right up. When he goes onto the shore, he's ready, and he encounters a demon-possessed guy, and he was ready for it because he was on the mountain praying. Mm. Your faith, your awareness, your belief affect how you conduct yourself, affect your prayers. Your faith, your belief, and your awareness of who God is, they all have a part to play in your effectiveness, your effectiveness in your prayers. 
I mentioned this before. Sometimes we're confident in praying for someone's running nose, but we're not going to pray for to raise the dead. We're not storming the funeral home saying, no, it wasn't your time yet. Get up out of that coffin. We'll pray for someone's little boo-boo on their finger or their cough, but we're not going into the psychiatric ward saying, deaf and dumb spirit, confusing spirit, break, get off of them in the name of Jesus. Are you with me? Are you feeling what I'm talking about? See, we'll pray, oh, Lord, you're not feeling good? Oh, Lord Jesus, we'll sprinkle a little oil. Put you. And I'm not mocking that because that's, that's what the word tells us to do, but it also tells us heal the lame, make deaf ears hear, blind see. It tells us, it tells us, Jesus tells us, raise the dead. But whoa, that gets, that gets scary. Wait a minute, Pastor. I don't know what you're talking about. We're supposed to be raising the dead. I'm not telling you to do anything. What I'm saying is your faith, your belief, and your awareness is going to affect your prayers. Jesus already told you. I don't have to tell you. He already told you. I might remind you, but he told you already. Faith. Here's what he said in Mark and, and I'm, I'm going to break this up in a couple of different things. And this is a different instance where um, the disciples tried to deliver a demon-possessed man, and they weren't able to do it. And there was some chaos and confusion. And, and, and the dad was upset with the disciples. He says, I brought him to you. You guys healed everybody else. You prayed for everyone else. And now I bring my son, and you can't do it. And Jesus comes on the scene. Again, look it. Jesus comes onto the scene. Are you guys picking up on something here? When Jesus comes, and Jesus acts like a detective. He said, well, what's going on? What's all the commotion about? And, and the guy explains it. And the guy is funny. He, he says to him, if you can. I'm going to get to that in a second. But Jesus said to him, when the disciples said, why couldn't we do this? And he says, oh, faithless generation. He's talking to his disciples. And then in verse 23, he says, when the, when the father asked him, or says, if you can, you can do it. He says, and this is kind of funny, what do you mean if I can? This is confidence. Jesus is saying, anything is possible if a person believes. Now, some of us are going to say, well, Jesus was God, and because he was God, he can do all things. He gave up his deity when he came to earth. He did this stuff as a man. Why don't we see things like that anymore? So I'm going to answer that just briefly. Because of your faith or the lack thereof. When was the last time you were praying on the third watch or the fourth watch of the night, night after night? See, when we start praying and fasting in the manner which Jesus displayed for us, we might start to see some of the things that he told us to do happen. Does that make sense? He said he often drew away to a solitary place to pray and to fast. We know that he was full of the Holy Ghost. We know that he would often be in scriptures, and he knew the scriptures. And this is what we know. If we do what he does, we might get some of the results that he got. The disciples did. Faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. What is faith? It is awareness and belief in who God is and what he can do. So here's the often thing. Some people say, oh, I believe in God. So do the devils. 
so do the demons. They, they would run and bow down before Jesus Christ. He'd come on the scene and they would run from their caves and bow before him and say, Son of the Most High God, have you come to torment us? Have you come to torture us before the time? Because they know what's going to happen to them in the end and they're trying to wreak havoc until that end comes. And, he, and he's like, shut up. I don't want everybody to know all that. you airing everything out. You're giving out my rank and title and everything to everybody and I'm not ready for them to know that. Shut up. Remember I said he's a covenantal God? He's a deal-making God? What did the demon say? Don't cast us out into the arid places. Send us to those pigs. Jesus said, all right, go to the pigs. Why? I can't explain all that, why that happened, why he allowed them to. Maybe it was to get them pigs away from them Jewish farmers who had nothing to be, had no business messing with pigs. what did the pigs do? They ran off the cliff and drowned themselves in the lake. Solved two birds with one stone. Delivered the man of his demon. Got them pigs away from them Jewish boys that had no business messing around with no pigs anyway. Done. But when he came onto the scene, people recognized. It's interesting. Talking about awareness. Have you ever met someone that did something that was surprising to you? And you're like, I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you rolled like that. We had this little dude at school. He probably was only 5'9". And uh, we had a pep rally, and they had a little dunk contest. And he signed his name on there. We're like, what? We thought it was a joke until he jumped. We're like, and what they said, we didn't know you could do that. And here this little dude jumped up there stuffing that ball in the rim and I, made me start stretching. I'm like, I don't know. He, I, I might. We didn't know. We didn't know he had that ability. We were not aware of that until he did it. Christ can do things that we're not aware of until we ask him. Sometimes, though, we're asking for the little things. And we need to ask for the big things. You're asking for him to, to, you know, meet your little bill to help you get your car fixed. And Lord, please hear me. I'm not a name it, claim it, frame it preacher. I'm not. But if, you, if he can help you get your car fixed or pay your car note, he could probably help you get a new car. You, this payment's still going out, right? You paying for a junky one? Or a nice one. Now, there's some stewardship involved. Did you screw up your credit and now you can't get it? Take care of your business. Pay your bills, get it right, and then he can bless you with that. You're still paying it out. I'm talking to myself now too, right? I can pay for a vehicle that's breaking down all the time. Or I can clean my stuff up, pay my bills, and get something that I'm not working on every weekend. Talking to myself. God is the God who can do all things. If I can make the payment on the, on, the, on the apartment, I could probably make the payment on a house. What's the difference? My credit, my savings, that, now that goes to stewardship. But God talks about that as well. But here's the thing. He can't provide. You're praying for the cold. How about pray against the cancer? How about pray against the, uh, the sicknesses, the disease, whatever they may be? 
He can do it. He is able. He is able. Matthew 12, when it talks about little faith, he replied, Because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you had faith of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing is impossible for you. You who believe. With God, all things are possible. This is the end of the, the conversation about why they couldn't cast out this particular demon. And why Jesus could. Because he had faith. How did he get this faith? How did he get to that place where he could do these things? If we only knew what God was ready and willing and able to do. Because if he loves us more than our natural parents. He says that in scripture. Though you are... A sinful generation know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more does your heavenly father know how to give good gifts to you? If he loves us more than our natural parents, and parents, when you look at your baby and you see your own eyes looking back at you and you do anything for them, you would die for them. Remember, he died for us. He would do anything for us. And if they ask you for something, you're going to give it to the best of your ability. How much more will he when we ask for him? Here's the challenge is we are afraid to ask big. Why? Because there's a little bit of doubt. But even in the midst of our doubt, he can work. Because we see that with this, this father who had the child who was bound by an unclean spirit, a demon. And, and he says, the, Jesus, he said, if you can. And Jesus, what do you mean if I can? Anyway, I can, and it can happen if you believe. And he says, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. I believe, God, that you can. I, I'm just not sure if you'll do it for me. I believe, God, that you are capable, that you have the strength and the power to do it. I'm just not sure that that's available for me. That's usually where it winds up. We believe that God created the universe or she wouldn't be sitting in this church. We believe that God is able to do mighty things because we believe the Bible. He split the Red Seas. He split the Jordan River. He made an axe head float to the top. He stopped the earth when Joshua was in the middle of the battle and the sun was starting to go down. He says, Lord, I need to finish this. We believe those things, but do we believe that that same God will interact in our life and work on our behalf? And he says in his scripture, yes, I will. If you only believe. Now, we've got to align ourselves. If God is perfect in every way, and he's able to do all things, it's us who have got to do the changing. We've got to bring ourselves in alignment with our faith, our belief, and our awareness. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that. Faith and awareness. The level of faith and awareness affects your relationship with God and vice versa. Your relationship affects your belief in the things you ask for. Little faith equals a little ask. Big faith equals a big ask. What's your relationship look like? Little faith, faith and awareness, the level of your faith and awareness affects your relationship with God and vice versa. People have a strong relationship with the Father who spend a lot of time in His Word and praying and fasting. They have strong faith. Let me, let me change this word just for, you, just for the sake of uh, this explanation. Think of faith as faithfulness relationship how much do you trust your partner usually equates to how close you are to them 
you're pretty close. You know their spending habits. You know where they're at. You know where their time management is. You know where they're, right? That's pretty close, right? Now, when they start pulling away or doing things that are not normal, it starts your faith to waver in them, right? Boyfriend and girlfriend, hey, where were you? You know, I tried to call you. Where were you? Oh, nothing, nowhere. And they're giving sketchy answers. Eh. How, how faithful were they? Let me hold your phone for a minute. Oh, mm -mm. What's your password? No, you, what you need that for? They're arguing, right? Faithfulness, right? Some of these guys, they don't even, they're staring me down hard right now. That's okay. Goes both ways. Goes both ways. I'm, I'm not trying to meddle in anybody's business. What I'm saying is the level of the, the relationship, the faithfulness affects the relationship and vice versa, right? When you don't got nothing to hide, my, my password is 456, look it up, check this out, I got that, 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 that. Well, let me get your phone, okay, yep, do, 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 do. all right, we're good, right? Because in relationships, you kind of test each other. You say you don't, but you do. I just, just don't lie about it, like, hey, yeah, I, I got some doubt, can you help me out? God tests us sometimes, he'll give you a little bit. He says if you're faithful with a little bit, he's going to give you a lot more. So he's already given you the right and option and ability to pray for people. Are you praying for people? You want to see miracles. You want to see all the big and grandiose things. But when he tells you to pray for that guy's knee at the gas station, you'd be like, nah, hey, you know, I'm sorry his knee hurts, but I ain't going over there. I'm not touching his knee. Good luck with you. Or you sit in your car and be like, Lord, touch that guy over there with the dirty knee. It's funny, right? But do you want to see the miracles? Here Jesus comes onto the scene with dirty, nasty, demon-possessed guys. He's like, get out of him now in the name of Jesus. Not in the name of Jesus, because he's Jesus, in the name of myself. I don't know what he said, but he just told him, get out, and he got out. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you to pray for that person, are you going to pray for him? Here's the, here, I'm going to tell you, here's the secret. If you don't, he's probably not going to use you in that area. Why? Because you've proven to be unfaithful with what he's given you. He gave you a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, which is a, amongst the prophetic manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit. He, he gave that to you, and you weren't faithful with it. He told you to pray, and he told you the situation or what to pray for, and you didn't pray for it. Why is he going to do more? You proved to be unfaithful. But as you do it, Lord, I pray for that. He's like, all right. Now pray for that one over there. Okay, I'm going to pray for that one over there. I don't know. Excuse me, ma'am, can you park your grocery cart for a second? The Lord told me to pray for you. That sounds silly, but you don't know what they're going through, and they might have been praying that somebody somewhere would show them a little love because this has been rough. You can pray in the middle of the grocery store. What, what are they going to do? Don't come in here and pray and spend your money. Listen, we got to be faithful. He's faithful all the time. So the issue's with us. How faithful are we to him with our prayers? And we got to learn to ask big. I had been in a season of prayer, and we had an evangelist friend of ours come, and a word of the Lord came to him, and he says, Hey, 
God's familiar with you and your prayers, and he's telling you, be specific and ask big. That scared me. Because I was praying a lot of general prayers. Lord, bless the church, bless the people, you know, bless the ministry. He said, be specific and ask big. What does ask big mean? Like, Lord, let me personally lead someone to the Lord this week. Before the end of the week, I want to preach to someone. I want to share the word of God. I want to lead them to the Lord at the end of this week. Lord, I'm trusting in you. You point them out to me. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to pray with them. I'll lead them to the Lord this week. Lord, I'm asking you, the God of all creation, King of heaven's armies. I'm asking you, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I'm asking you. You want me to preach the word? I'll preach the word. Set me up this week to minister to someone. I want to see them give their life to you. I'll be your hands and your feet. I'll be your voice. I will do that. Lord, set me up this week. I challenge you to pray that this week. I challenge you. And then when he does set you up, you are faithful in doing it. All right. I may not have got the dunk, but I got the layup. That's two points. It still counts the same amount of points, right? And then you start building. Okay. Huh? Then you, then you ask him to set you up again, and you're faithful. Like, I went up with the left. Ah! Okay. Huh? You're creating a track record. You're feeling your spiritual strength. You might start, okay. Lord, then you start praying bigger. Lord, give me this. Give me this school. I want to be a representative of this school. Lord, give me this tribe. I want this tribe. Lord, give me this city. I want this city. I want to go after it right now. And I got my team with me. I got my prayer partners. I got my brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're going to go and we're going to get this city together. Amen? That's what I'm talking about. We got to ask. We got to learn to ask big. But we can't. If I try to, if I give you a basketball right now and say, Duncan, you can be like, hey, look. I'm going to have to, let me get back to you next week. So I'm not saying we do that today right now, but if you start developing your prayer life, if you start developing your Bible reading, if you start praying and fasting and seeking God, and you start asking him for some things, and you're faithful to him when he prompts you, and when he tells you, and when he guides you, then you start building up those muscles. Your faith is like a muscle. You've got to hit the gym. It's going to hurt a little bit. It's going to be uncomfortable at times. But the more you do it, the stronger you become. Amen? Right? I'm feeling it right now. I hit the gym, and I had taken a little break during Christmas. But when I got back on, I'm like, ooh, I'm feeling it. And now stuff I was doing easy months and weeks ago, but, but because I hadn't been doing it, I got to get back in the groove. Maybe you haven't been praying. I'm saying get back praying. Maybe you haven't been reading your word. I'm saying start with a verse if that's all you can do. Or start with one page. I don't care what it is. Get back into the word. If you can't pray more than just praying for your meal, man, just start praying for those who you see. You see somebody, pray for them. That's easy. I don't know what their situation is, but God does. You don't need to know all the dirty details. Holy Spirit knows that. Just start praying for all things, all situations at all times. Well, I have a saying, push, pray until something happens. When will it happen? I don't know, but keep praying until it does. Until something. This is what I know to be true. If you don't pray, the situation really, it ain't going to change. What do you got to lose? What do you got to lose? Build up your faith. And this shows that it's possible. Build, but you beloved, building yourselves up 
on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ until eternal life. That, sh that shows us that you can build your faith. Here's some things that we know that will help you build your faith. Things that build your faith. Faithfulness and obedience to God help you build your faith. Prayer and fasting help you build your faith. As you starve or neglect or crucify your flesh, I'll say that, your spirit man gets stronger. Praise and worship, drawing on to God, recognizing who he is and what he's done, builds your faith. And this one says uh, uh, praying in the spirit. That's praying in tongues helps you build your faith. Reading the Bible, reading about the accounts of what he did, who he did it for, and realizing that he's no respecter of persons, if he did it for them, then he can do it for you now. But if you don't even know what the word says, how can you pray according to the word? And here's some things, folks. I get excited when I, because there were some people doing me dirty just a couple years ago, and I was reading David. I like reading David. Some of his prayers. Because this is what we know. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And, I, and that's a hard one for me because I'm, I'm that guy. I want to I wanna make it right. I want to make it even. I want to call my cousins on that dark, that dark rainy night. We're going to handle business. But I can't do that anymore. I'm saved. So I got to give them over to God. But David says, Lord, shut the mouths of my accusers. Get those people who set a trap for me. Let them fall in their own trap. Lord, grind their teeth against the pavement. I'm like, whoa, David, praying some. Okay, David. David could pray it. Listen, I don't want to sound petty. And I pray that they love Jesus and get saved. But if they don't want to get saved, I don't mind if they find it, if they fall in their own trap. If David could pray it, Pastor, you're just being selfish and, and you're being petty and you're not very loving. I don't know about all that, but I'm being real. I'm not being a fake preacher to you. Anybody ever been done, done dirty? Somebody ever lie on you, try to trip you up on purpose? Okay. Lord, you're my defender. I release them. I forgive them. Lord, teach them a lesson. However you want to do it. But what I'm telling you is what the Bible says. Whether you choose to pray that way or not, maybe you're more graceful than I am. More loving than I am, and you can pray blessings upon them. That's great. I'm learning. I'm getting there. What I want to encourage you today is build your faith. Build your awareness. Demonstrations of God's source in awareness. This is someone I want to demonstrate for you. Uh, Elder Dev, can you come and help me out real quick? As you build your faith, you build your awareness. Now, can you grab that, uh, that cord there with that orange piece? See, if God is source and God is power, that represents this power cord right here. Hold that up for them. They can see it. It's kind of got that thing kind of. I left that on there. I didn't need that. But I said, oh, that kind of looks like a cross. This represents God. He's source. He's power. This lamp represents us. We're the vessel in which that power and source come through. Can you plug that in?
for me. So when we get connected to God, now we have power in us. But sometimes we, we don't have anything that shows that we have Jesus in us yet. Go ahead and set that down. Open up this one right here and, and, and uh, do that up. And, and the word of God tells us that we've got to let our light shine. It's like salvation. It says you don't hide it under a bush. No, you, you not only let it shine, the word of God says that you put it on a pedestal so all can see. It says that light should cast out darkness. That means we've got to expose it. Go ahead, flip that on. All right, uh, can you, Brother Chris, can you uh, dim those lights for me up here? Yep, start dropping them down up this way. All right, and then we hit that back switch so these, these stage lights go out. All right, so we're, we're, so you guys can see what I'm talking about here. Go ahead, drop them. Here we are. We have accepted Jesus Christ. We're plugged into the power source, and here we are. The light is on, but it's a little light. This is only a, uh, what is that, brother? 15 watt. 15 watt. All 